Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And chewing in the background, you're going to be able to hear Finn because somebody thought it was a good idea to give him a chewy toy back. Well, he was really pathetic and he was being extra dramatic and flinging his food bowl around while we were eating dinner. Yeah, and so now he is uh, being extra dramatic and flinging the (laughs) chewy toy around. Uh, but we are here to bring you a very professional, very well done, very organized 50th, 50th episode of Bibliovile Spectacular. We have done this for 50 episodes. Uh, not We've even... read over 50 books. Well, I've read over 50 books <laughs> wow. for this. Okay. Not even to mention when we did it before it was a broadcast. Yeah, so including that, you've read almost 50 books. Ouchie, wow, I've read over 50 books. Um, except In your for the... lifetime, yes. <laughs> Since this is the 50th episode, we did not want to sully the 50th episode's good name with actual books, because no books would be bad enough to, to uh, genuinely fill the 50th episode. To capture the mood of the 50th episode. For sure. The What's the 50th? The silver? This is the silver episode? Isn't that gold? The gold episode. The golden anniversary. Golden. Bribley over aisle. Oh, dear. There's a very Fit large is dog going on going for it. Man. Ow. Now he's on my foot. How do dogs... How do they... How, how do you dog, Ready? Finn? Go. Ready? <laughs> and now he's back to me again. Okay. Um. This is fun. This is fun. If and you I'm get it out of his mouth, it. you should... Just take it. Yeah, well. Um, so what we are going to do, instead of reading a, a single exchange of bad books, uh, given that our We're podcast gonna is... We're going to read ta- all of them. Whoa. Out loud. Uh, so it. many copyright ah. infringements. That This is the Terrible Book Exchange Podcast. We do not have uh, terrible books, and we're not exchanging them. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to play a fun little game we've never tried or practiced or done before, so it's going to go great. Um, we have in front of us uh, a couple different pieces, and we are going to combine them and make our own bibliovile-worthy books uh, in order to celebrate the the material. I we just really feel like after fifty episodes plus the blog posts that we did before, that we are experts experts in bad books. Experts, experts. Yeah, we're experts. In bad books, and you should listen to what we have to say, and in fact you are, because you turn on this podcast for God knows what reasons. So what we have here is we have a two envelopes. In one envelope we have a series of adjectives, which we are going to draw three at a time from, and then we have a series of genres, which we are only going to draw one. Uh, for the three adjectives and the genre, we need to uh, prepare a main character and description, a, set, a supporting character in their description, the antagonist, major plot points, uh, the title, and some critic blurbs. Perfect. Do you want to take turns at this, or do you want to just like brainstorm it, scope it out, nope. do it together? Improv, do it together, let's go. Yes, and let's get started. 
right. So three adjectives. We will repeat the adjectives, but we will not repeat the uh, the genres. I think that would be a little bit. I think that's fair. So let's uh, shimmy this on up. If you would do me the honors of drawing one, don't read it yet. Okay. And I will draw two, as is my right. Oh, <laughs> oh man. dear. Okay. What do you? Uh, can I see? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we have. Oh, now we have a genre. Okay. Remember what I said about practicing. You want to draw the genre? We have. Oh a no. High fantasy Christian holiday sports book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Quidditch is the sport, obviously. Um, no, I feel like we gotta come up with our own sport. Well, what's a high fantasy sport other than Quidditch? Quidditch. 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 And so it's a Quidditch book. This is holiday and high or holiday and Christian. So it's not exactly going to be the uh, most imaginative book out there. Um, so it's Christmas in Quidditch Town. It's Candle Nights. Candle Nights. Okay. Well, it's gotta be um, Christian, so it's Christmas. Or Easter, and maybe yeah, like, holiday does not necessarily. So, so it's an Easter book, and it's called. Oh, the title is Jesus Saves. Oh no! And it's about <laughs> it's about a Quidditch player who has been in a slump, but when he finds Jesus, everything really turns around for him. Wins the big game, and no, he wins what? the big game. Hold on. He starts winning more and more games, but then as the record goes up, everyone starts returning uh, uh, praise to him. Like, oh, he's turning this game around. Maybe it's even a coach that hit like a low point Mighty Duck style. Maybe. And so he's, at the beginning of the game, or at the beginning of the book, he really prays so that uh, uh, his team can start winning and he can turn his life around. Uh, and then in the second act, he really, it goes to his head and all the different people saying, oh, the coach is really turning this team, this Quidditch team around. He, it goes to his head, and he forgets that it's really Jesus that did it. It is really Jesus that did it. Until uh, his star goalie, uh, mm -hmm. or keeper, because it's Quidditch, uh, keeper falls off his broom and uh, has to go to the infirmary and dies. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, it's this, like, it's going to bring the team really... Is his name Lazarus? Is he going to come back to life later? Yeah, but uh, uh, maybe Larry Zaris. Larry Zaris, yeah. that's a good that's a good Quidditch player name. Quidditch, uh, and so he's he's gonna go to the infirmary and he's gonna die and it's gonna be like this. Ow, son of a bitch! Uh, <laughs> and he's gonna be this uh, uh, terrible. Like, how will the team come together for the big game? But then all of a sudden, like the uh, he comes back to life because the coach really says, I, "I've been a big dolt. I've been giving the the credit to this other person or to myself and not you, Jesus, fantasy Jesus." And so. Uh, yeah, and then finally the the keeper comes back. They play a big game, and you know what the twist ending is, Susan? It was Jesus all along. No, well maybe, but Larry Zaris comes back to life. No, they lose. <gasps> they lose the big game, and it's okay because the meaning the meaningful part is that Larry Zaris is alive, and that our coach found That's his. Right, winning doesn't matter. All that matters is each other and Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. Um, okay, so we've got the title. We've got Jesus, Jesus saves. saves. We've got a general plot line with some twists. Yeah, our main character, the head coach of this Quidditch team. Uh, what's his name? Um, because in Harry Potter, everyone always had very 
like on point fanatic yeah. names. His name Tommy Whistles. I, I'm glad you said something with Thomas because that's what I was going to go okay. into, like doubting, doubting Thomas. Thomas. Maybe not Tommy Whistles. No, I we let's go with Tommy. Tommy Quaffles. Tommy Quaffles. <laughs> Old Tommy Quaffles. <laughs> He's got to have a uh, uh, like a inject or a middle name, like a nickname, middle name thing. Tommy Two Time and Quaffles. Is he? Does he cheat on his spouses? Well, what's the thing that got him laid low in the first place? That he's. Oh, um, I feel like in a lot of Jesus books, it is a divorce, or like some kind of scandal. What's a what's a scandal that a Quidditch player would have? Mm, he's been corking his bludgeoning bats. Ooh, like a cheating scandal. Yeah, Tommy slamming quaffles. Slam and Tommy, Slam and Tommy Quaffles. Slam and Tommy Quaffles is our head coach, and he's gonna uh, lead the Greenwich Gremlins. Gremlins to the big game. Yep. Okay. Um, the sporting character we already have, Larry Zaris, the the keeper. Yep. I think Larry Zaris is the like. While Tommy Quaffles doesn't quite believe until he starts winning, uh, Larry Zaris has been always on that belief where he's just like, "Oh no, I just pray to Jesus every single day," and it's just like. Does he also have, like, a little bit of a southern accent? Maybe. Like a British southern accent? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, Larry Zaris. Uh, we got our major plot points. Our antagonist, I think, should be, like... Well, I mean, uh, clearly it's Satan. Well, yeah, but we... this Remember, this is a Christian book, not actual Christianity. <laughs> so, I'm thinking... We mean uh, we're not writing an episode of Christianity? Yeah. Um, not like the Divine Comedy, the extended universe of Christianity. <laughs> Um, I like to think that Slam and Tommy Quaffles is in the Bible's EU. <laughs> it's got his own Wikipedia page. Did uh, you say Wikipedia? Yeah, Star Wars has its own Wikipedia, oh, and no. frankly, it like uh, the days of the week have their own Wikipedia pages. Anyway, so Slam and Tommy Quaffles and Larry Zaris are our protagonists, but I think our antagonist should be a member of the liberal sports media. Ooh, kind of like a, a Rita Skeeter-esque phenomena. No, I, um, I was thinking more like a uh, uh, liberal professor that, like, makes you write a paper about how Jesus is fake and stuff. Oh, But, like, okay. he's, a, he's a reporter, a beat reporter. Okay. And so he's really getting the beginning. So how is that? As we come up with the name of our antagonist, let's give him some background. Uh-huh. How do he and Slam and Tommy Quaffles initially interact? Well, has I'm, he written about the scandal? No, I'm seeing the liberal sports reporter being like, a, uh, when they start winning, when he's been praying, the the coach says, "Well, you know, it's just me and the big man," and the the reporter refuses to put uh, in his report and only puts like the extra drills they're doing or the uh, the okay. like trade news and everything like that. So like he refuses it. to include it. Um. And then at the big game, he's the or he's the one that's always been pushing, you know, slamming Tommy Quaffles to uh, uh, renounce that it's been the praying and that he's trying to heap all the praise onto slamming mm-hmm. Tommy himself. Okay. And also it's Easter. And also it's Easter because we have we to have a holiday one, theme. Yeah. Um, the big game is on. E- no, the big game. The game's on Easter because uh, yeah, Larry because Zaris Larry dies Zaris comes and back comes to back. Life. Yeah. yeah, they do their their big their big practice. Um, 
we need to draw in. Okay, the liberal sports reporter's name should be Bob Zibel. <laughs> or maybe it could be something. Bob Zhrunkle. <laughs> maybe it could be something a little Semitic, like Bob Goldman. That seems up a Christian books kind of alley, right? Oh, that's terrible. Uh, I feel like we're already going to hell for this episode. Yeah, well. Um, okay, so Bob Goldman. Bob Goldman, that's right. Bob Goldman from the Daily... The Daily Tattler. No, because that's already a thing. Oh. Or that was in... That's in Otherworld. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, the Garden the of The Daily Eden. Grind. Daily Grind, maybe. I'm trying to think of, like, a, a play on the snake in the Garden of Eden. The Daily Apple? Maybe. Uh-huh. And his, maybe his his uh, column is, like, polishing the apple or something like that. Ooh, I do yeah. like that. That's good. Okay, nice. That does sound like a masturbation thing to boot. Uh, and now we need a critic blurb for this book. Um, I feel like there have to be a lot of sports metaphors. Like, the slam this, dunk of Christianity. this book really takes off. Like, you would take off on a broom. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, like, a wild ride from start to finish. And then it also has to have some, like, feel-good Jesus-y. Really restored my faith. A true home run. Oh, yes. Very good. I think we found it. Very good. All right. So that is Jesus Saves, our first book. All right. Excellent. I will draw. Slamming Tommy Quaffles. One adjective and you draw another. Or two, if you would be so kind. I think Finn can hold on to his ball for a little bit. I am trying to get it away from him. So I'm drawing one or two. Two. And then I'll draw the genre. Here's the one I I drew. I haven't even looked at it. Okay. Oh. (laughs) You can read them in any order that you see fit. Well, we have... Okay, I'm putting these two back and drawing again. Because I don't want to do the the same same two. Yeah. Okay, draw two more. Oh, no. On the edge of your seat podcast action. All right. Well... Brace yourselves, loyal listeners, for a romantic, hard-boiled, family-friendly... Action book. Okay. Okay. So it's a romantic, family-friendly action. And it's hard-boiled. It's hard-boiled. Like an egg. So Humpty Dumpty uh, is investigating a series of egg breakings, um, and he gets it, it goes all the way to the top. All the king's men are involved. But then he falls in love with one of the king's horses. It's romantic? Yeah. Okay, so he falls in love with an egg woman. I don't know if he falls in love with at all and he, he can't put himself back. He can't put his life back together again. He The egg woman breaks his heart. Oh, and he's he trying really to put himself back together again by... by solving the mystery. Solving the mystery. And it, well, it's an action movie. Or it's an action book, so it needs to be... By saving the day. By saving the day. He's trying to put himself back together again by saving the day and okay. getting the girl. And getting the girl. Um, So Humpty Dumpty's the main character, obviously. Yeah. And he wears a tiny little fedora this time because it's hard-boiled. Yes, uh, and he's got to he's got to solve solve the case of who's been cracking all these eggs. Um, let's see. The supporting character, the antagonist, is obviously the king, and yeah. all the king's men are the the secondary antagonists. Supporting character, the woman who broke his heart is named Yoglanda. Oh, what are you gonna I was do? Gonna go Shelly. 
No, I was going to go with Elvira Beats. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> Yolanda is good. I like Shelly Yolanda, uh, Yolanda Beats. It's good. Elvira Beats. Elvira Beats. I got confused. I had one more and then I forgot it. Oh, well. Just go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. Um. Okay. So I'm going to go with Elvira Beats because oh, okay. I really like that name. So he's had his heart broken by Elvira Beats. Uh, I feel like there has to be some sort of connection between Elvira Beats and one of the king's men. Like either she left him for one of the king's men or her family is. I think she fell into the wrong crowd. And uh, she she broke up with Humpty Dumpty because she's really trying to come out of her shell. Mm-hmm. And so she falls in the wrong crowd, starts doing the wrong thing, and she gets kidnapped by all the king's men and all the king. Oh. And so uh, that's what gets her into the action, and he he's going to save her. That's what okay. makes the action. Like something like Die Hard. I like it. That um, sounds pretty hard-boiled. But then We have to make sure to make it family-friendly, yeah, though, so, so there can't be any cursing. Well, it's an egg. So what are some of the um, alternative curse words, a la color? Horse feathers. Yeah. Horse feathers is a good one. Um, what the shell are you doing? On oh, nuggets. On oh, nuggets. Uh, now I've got a machine gun. Ho- ho- well, there's no swear words in that. Holy yoke. <laughs> you got to be yoking. Yeah. Uh, okay. And our antagonist is the king. We need plot point. So does he save? How does he save the day? Um, he solves. So I feel like this isn't necessarily a plot point, but there has to be one kind of action scene where he runs up and down the wall, but he manages not to fall. Oh, yeah. So, I think that's going to be a really important... Um, I think it's going to be a really important character development for Humpty. Yeah. Finn is looking around for the ball that Susan has stolen. So if you hear any sniffing, that's... that's I don't know if I should give him back to him or what I should do. Uh, I think he's okay. Um, without it or with it? I, th- I think the climax without it. Okay. I think the climax of the book is... Uh, uh, Miss Beats falling off of the wall and Humpty is running as fast as he can to catch her. <laughs> and it's... Sorry, I just took a really good Snapchat. <laughs> it's um, it's putting his own life at risk because there's a, there's half a chance that when he catches her, they're both going to break. Uh, and so the, the big climax is that he does indeed catch her and they're all safe and uh, the king gets put into the back of a... Squat car. Okay, I like um, it. Okay, now we need a we need a title. Critic blur- oh, we need a title and some critics blurbs. Um, we could call it the Great Fall. I like it. But- it's a little basic, but it is a family friendly movie. It's a book. How about? Uh, yeah. Just scrambled. <gasps> Ooh, I like that. Okay, okay, yep. And a critic blurb. I like hard-boiled, <laughs> which, by the way, how did we not find that, that that was an egg thing yet? Is that what made me think of Humpty Dumpty in the first place? <laughs> I, that's what I assumed. I, I made that connection as soon as you said I it. Didn't. Why else did you think of Humpty Dumpty? <laughs> I guess I did think of it. Oh, Finn found his ball. I did think of it, but I didn't actually, like, put it together, if that makes sense. Um... <laughs> But what about, like, this book goes over easy, uh, oh, fun for yes. the whole family. Yes. And it's, like, a, it's not exactly, like, a child, like a, a children's picture book, but it is, like, a my first chapter book kind of thing, like a magic tree house. Oh, very good. 
I yeah. do love me some Magic Treehouse. This goes over easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Glad I cracked this one open. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, good one to end on. <laughs> so I'll draw three adjectives, and Susan, you draw the genre from this envelope okay. here. This time, we are looking at... Oh, jeez, I'm crow. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't even know what one of these, strictly speaking, is, but... We're looking at a sexy postmodern historical murder mystery. <laughs> murder mystery. So, if you could help me out for a second, what does postmodern mean? It's like it doesn't have to make sense. Postmodern is. Um, I don't. I don't know. I should know. I mean, but I don't know. Postmodern has that song that's like, better now, better now. That's Post Malone. Oh. You're thinking of the YouTube videos where they recreate popular songs. Oh, I see. Well, I can tell you that postmodernism is a broad movement that developed in the mid to late 20th century across philosophy, the arts, architecture, and criticism. Oh. <laughs> and it marked, you wouldn't, get, you wouldn't think this, but it marked a depiction from modernism. Oh. Uh... It is generally defined by an attitude of skepticism, irony, or rejection towards the meta-narratives and ideologies of modernism. Uh, so basically, it doesn't have to make sense. It's a little absurd. Okay, so historical modern mystery that's sexy. Or murder but a little mystery, absurd. But a little absurd. Okay, so we need to think of John Wilkes Booth. So John Wilkes Booth murders Abraham Lincoln. No, that's not much of a, that's not much of a mystery, is it? No. Because um, you just you the first thing that you said oh. was the name of the Who Done It. Um, so it's a murder mystery in that we don't know if the person committed the murder or not. Not it's it's not a who done it. It's like a did they do oh, it? Or not. Okay. So it's not John Wilkes Booth. It's Lizzie Li, Lizzie, Lizzie Borden. Borden. Yeah, Lizzie Borden with the with her axe um, is going to be a uh, manic pixie dream girl. Oh no! For uh, another man oh. in town, just give him back his ball. He's so <laughs> eager for it. He's so upset. Uh, Lizzie Borden is going to be a manic pixie dream girl for like a, a guy in my MFA kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so he he's going to be really into Lizzie Borden uh, and he's going to try and like Wes Anderson his way into her life. Okay. Um, so our main character is not Lizzie Borden. That's our love interest because of course we can yeah. have a sexy book told from, well I guess Fifty Shades of Grey is, is a sexy book told from the woman's point of view. But um, our main character is Sam Carver. Okay. And he is going to be a butcher's shop, uh, uh, like assistant. He's not going to own his own butcher's shop. Okay. He's going to be like an assistant. How old is Lizzie Borden during the murder trial? She was like, like 12. Okay. So it's going to be a couple years after the murder trial. Okay. It's like cold case files. Oh, got it. Got uh, it. And it's going to be postmodern in that uh, it's it's got that like whimsical nature to it where uh, he is very bad at flirting. Uh, and the main reason he likes her is because he thinks he thinks she did the murder. He's pretty sure, and so he wants to tell her about how much he loves her and like he's impressed with her. But uh, she denies having committed the murder, so mm-hmm. she won't accept any like uh, uh, compliments over it. Okay. Then they bone a bit. Okay. And then the uh, the twist ending is that she kills him. <laughs> oh my god! And so... here's the thing: he loves it. Yeah, so he goes out happy. That's good. That's I'm, really good. I'm glad for Sam. 
Good for you, Sam. 40 Wax Off is the title. Oh, no. Oh, God. Or just 40 Wax would be pretty 40 good. Wax. Yeah. I and like then we could, we could leave that up to the reader's yeah. imagination. Um, and I feel like there's got to be like, you won't see this ending coming. <laughs> he won't see it coming either. <laughs> um, so I love it. Uh, the antagonist is kind of, it's more of like a man versus society kind of thing. Yes, less exactly, like a yeah. villain. Mm-hmm, um, mm, I see. I see. <laughs> And so uh, they 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 don't fall in love. She never loves him. No. And then she she seduces him so she can murder him, and he's into it. Okay. So that's forty the wax. Part. Forty wax. It's more of like a deviant art thing than it is like a real book. Um. So Lizzie Borden was our secondary character. Do we have a, a critic blurb? Um. Uh, a dark reimagining of the life of one of America's most. Uh, most talked about killers. She puts the main. She puts the manic and maniac. No. Okay. We, we settled on that one. Yeah. So Susan is drawing three adjectives for our next one. While Finn runs into me, I am drawing. No, you are drawing one. I am genre. drawing a genre. Yeah. I am drawing three adjectives. I have two and a third. Okay, and another. Third. Ah! <laughs> this is probably Finn! very loud. Okay. Jesus sake. So here I have three new adjectives. Susan's got a new genre. It is a satirical utopian young adult science fiction. Wow, it all this kind is of a slam dunk. It all kind of works together. Man, these work so Love it. so far together that it is Although I feel like instead of utopian, it should be dystopian. Well, that's also in there. So maybe the satire of the utopia is that everyone's Ooh. expecting a dystopia. Okay. So, okay. Um, I like that. So it it, it starts off like the Hunger Games and the Divergent series yeah. and like basically what you're expecting for and it's got to be a trilogy. So we're we're doing the first book of the trilogy. Ow, Finn dog. just I believe sexually assaulted my wife, so <laughs> he'll hear from my lawyer in court. <laughs> That's my wife. That's my wife. <laughs> So I think that's where the satire comes in is that so many everyone's expecting a dystopia. Yeah. Maybe the entire satire is no. Wait. So they're always teenagers protagonists, right? And yeah. young adult things. Maybe the teenager just sees society as so absolutely shitty and and it's like so dystopian and everything like this. But the twist of in the satire is that it, they're actually living in like a legitimately utopian Utopia. society, and it just turns out that the teenager is is just shitty. I so it's love like, it. what if Katniss Everdeen was actually just Holden Caulfield the whole time? Oh no! Okay, so for the name, we we have so our okay. protagonist. This is has the most important a, part. A, our protagonist has to be personality wise a combination between Katniss and Holden Caulfield. Yeah. So it needs to be someone who sees themselves, himself or herself, themselves, herself. Uh, herself as Katniss, but is really more of a Holden. Yeah. What's a good name? Claudia? No, it's too old. We need, like, nonsense. Um, Sill, S-Y-L. Oh, I like that. Sill Vestment. Sylvestment. Is okay. that too close to Sylvester? It is pretty close to okay. Sylvester. Syl entropy. Okay. No, male love interest is entropy and is, is okay. he goes by ent. Okay. 
Um, Except it's pronounced entropy. Like town names in Iowa. Yes. Um, Sill. Cloverfield. Okay, so Cloverfield uh, is a teenager in a utopian society, but the entire book, including the narration and the, uh-huh. the stage direction, makes it seem as if it is a dystopia. So it's like the opposite of The Giver. So The the Giver where you don't know... You've never read The Giver? I've never read The Giver. I don't remember a lot of it, but the it was the one time I realized that unreliable narrators could exist because yeah. the entire thing is like he can't see color until he does, and then you realize that nothing has been described in color, and so to him it wasn't weird that everything was in black and white. Oh. Uh, and so if you apparently actually read The Giver very closely, and I was just a little kid, so I wasn't reading it super closely, it's like this awful society where everyone has like a role picked out for them and is forced into it and all that kind of stuff. But it's like the opposite of the giver where anyone gets to do whatever they want, but she doesn't know because she's a teenager. And so she just wants someone to tell her what to do. And so she thinks that she's in this like anarchic state where since anyone can do whatever they want, like has the resources to do whatever they want, that they're they're going to. So it's like the science fiction comes in in that material needs have been or scarce resources have been eliminated. Okay. And so no one needs to have a job anymore. Like, but you just get to do whatever you want all the time. And since yeah. she's a teenager, she doesn't know what she wants to do. So she wants, like, direction and order and yeah. all of that. And so, like, for her, it's this horrible, like, I have to figure it out. No one's telling me. No one's me. helping yeah. me. Yeah. And it's like, all these other people are getting whatever they wanted. And I'm also getting whatever I wanted. But it doesn't seem fair. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So we got our main character of Sil. Sil. Oh, shit. Cloverfield. Sil Cloverfield, her male love interest of N. Entropy Von Stamp. <laughs> Entropy Von Stamp. Uh, her major plot points. Uh, she graduates from the Academy. Yes. Ca- title case. Yeah. Um, and is given her degree in life. Like, there's no more job-centered yeah. degrees. Um, cause there's no more like actual occupations as, as such. And she feels like it, like it was all she's gotten her, they've given her this degree that's prepared her for nothing. And she, yeah. Um, then she goes, she like leaves home. She runs away with entropy von stamp, uh, and is, is just provided for the entire time. Uh, but doesn't realize it yeah. that like. They're just giving her stuff. She thinks she's, I don't know, stealing it or something. And and you have to read between the lines to realize that the supporting characters and the NPCs are just sort of giving her stuff because their material needs have been satisfied. Mm -hmm. Uh, Antagonist. It's got to be her parents, right? Got to be her parents. Or just like the... The Utopia. The Utopia. We need a weird name for the Utopia because all young adult books have like... You know, the capital. Yeah. Um, and it's got to be some, like... This is it's got to sound like a suburb. Oh, Shady Oaks. Yeah. Um, but it's the entire world. It's yeah. Shady Oaks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sounding Ayn Randian. That okay. people are just getting stuff for free. So, what if it was, like, called Atlas Med? Like, M-E-H. Apostrophe E-D. Yeah, Med. Atlas Med. Okay, I like that. Um, Teenage Wasteland. Teenage Wasteland. 
like that too. Sorry, I'm what trying if it, to brainstorm. What if it was just like one of those titles that doesn't actually relate at all, doesn't seem like, but they just chose it? So what if it's like the Kama Sutra and Baba Yaga? Yes. <laughs> okay, so the Kama Sutra and Baba Yaga starring Syl Cloverfield and Entropy Von Stamp. Entropy Von Stamp. Okay, so now we need a critic blurb for the Kama Sutra and Baba Yaga. In the Kama Sutra and Baba Yaga, nothing is as it seems. I love it. Nice. Okay. Moving on once again, leaving those three out, getting rid of the genre entirely. Now we may be getting into some repeats, but hopefully we'll get some some fresh meat here. Okay. A historical, hard-boiled... Cozy thriller. Thriller. Okay. Historical, hard boiled, cozy thriller. I mean, I feel like this is every murder knitting. mystery with a knitting club that's set on the coast. Okay, but we need something to distinguish it from murder mystery because it's a thriller. So, what if it's like John McClane's grandma is home for the holidays instead of traveling for the holidays because John McClane from Die Hard is always traveling? Mm-hmm. But no, we need a thriller. Those are action movies. What, what separate, what's an example of a thriller, then? Michael Jackson. Just going to beat you to that. Um, thriller would be... So... Like Seven? Books like... Yeah, Seven. Books like Gone Girl. Like the okay. psychological thrillers. So it's cozy, hard-boiled, and historical. Hmm. Um... <laughs> I wish we had gotten sexy in there because then Sally Hemings would have gone missing. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Okay. It's it's set in the Roman Republic. Okay. The last days of the Roman Republic. Okay. And a train of gold is, like, tribute gold from the Gauls is returning. And a village blacksmith has to watch over it, and it goes missing, and he's got to find out who took it before his name is on the crucifixion list. Okay. Um, Where does the cozy come in? The cozy comes in because it's all set in this, like, just north of the Alps town. Okay. And so it reads very, like, British village. Quaint. Yeah. Um, And the hard-boiled comes in because he's around, like... He's a working class man. He's a working class man, and he's around uh, uh, interrogating the suspects, the perps, uh, doing the footwork. Yes, Finn, I see your gigantic (laughs) ball. Thank you once again. Who bought him that? And who brought it back down again? (laughs) Um, He was just looking so sad. He's interrogating the suspects, and he's doing doing the work that he needs to do. Um, Okay, so are we good with that? We want to think of another one? Um, no, I think that's good. What are okay. we going to call it? What's the title going to be? Oh, no, we need to come up with all this, all these other stuff. The main character. Yeah. Okay, so the main character is Marius Gangacha. He's he's a, uh, like a Gaul uh, man, but he's trying to adopt Roman trappings. Okay. Like a fir- Roman first name. Okay. Marius Gangacha. Uh, and he's gonna get you. Gangacha's gonna get you. Gangacha's gonna get you. There's, you. There's the credit, your title. There's the credit blur. The secondary supporting character might be his like assistant in the blacksmith shop. 
Gaius. Gaius. Tuntin Common. Kind of mixing your metaphors there. Gaius. Uh, Gaius Galician. He's okay. Galicia. Um, and he's he's like the assistant. He's kind of bumbling a little bit, but he's the only vocal supporter that his boss didn't steal the gold. Okay. Uh, and so he sticks he sticks to Marius Gangalfa or whatever. Um, the antagonist would probably be like the well whoever did it, but that's the exciting part. And oh, another twist ending. Major plot points. He's 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 there. The train comes through. They have a big party, and then the gold goes missing. Uh-huh. And so that's the first major plot point. And then he's he's accused because. Okay. The the treasure or the like chest shows up at his shop or whatever. Yeah, and it is the the general that got all the tribute that brought it through. That's like hounding him and pointing the finger at him and saying it's obviously him and all that kind of stuff. And then it turns out he actually <gasps> stole the gold for himself instead of what? giving it. So he's the antagonist. Okay. Doubly, he's not the only one who did it. It's a little obvious. Everyone's going to suspect it when they yeah. read it. But the fun of it is having to prove it. And the antagonist's name. Is Julius Tutankhamen? <laughs> uh, Julius Gustavus Decimus. Julius Decimus. That's a good villain name. Yeah, Julius Decimus. Look okay. at this guy. Like that. Do you know why they call it decimate? Because you killed ten percent of a population. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's some actual history for you. Uh, the title for this uh, thing. Mm-hmm. So we've got gold, we've got tribute, we've got Rome, we've got the Gauls. Good as Gaul. Oh, I like that, Good as Gaul. And it's G-O-O-D, space A-S, space G-A-U-L, Apostrophe, apostrophe D. D. Good as gold. Good as gold. That's a good one. And what was the critic blurb? I was just about to ask you that because I already forgot it. Um, I give this V or uh, eleven thumbs up or I I thumbs up. Yeah. Or I feel like that V would be stars. Pretty, yeah. V stars is very good. This is very good. Okay. Uh, so that's good as gold, and we want to do how many friggin' genres did I come up with? Because too many. So many. Let's do one more. One more. Okay, one more. So I'll I'll try to get all new ones. Okay. So no more repeat uh, adjectives. Unfortunately, I have nowhere to throw them because Finn is in my way. What? Uh, okay. Do we want to do all of the ones that we haven't gotten before? Yes. All of the adjectives we haven't gotten before. Yes. Okay. Let me find them. <laughs> oh no! Should we do two more? Okay. Let's two do more? two more because I've got. Okay, I've that's good because I've got two very good genres. Okay, so you've picked one of your two genres. Yep. I'm gonna pick uh, this. Is <laughs> not quite random. An absurdist, erotic teen. Choose your own adventure <laughs> book. <laughs> oh my god! This would be a legitimately good book. You're in a party. You're at a party, and you need to get laid. And you need to choose your own adventure in order to get laid. And so it's like, if you want to speak to Sarah, the cheerleader, turn to page 10. And then oh, for the rest of the book, excellent. you're on your way. Um, but it's Like, a- do you drink or do you not drink? What yeah. are you wearing to the party? Who do you go with? Yeah, this would be a gigantic one. Um, oh, this would be so good. Yeah, um, and so you need, to, you need to get laid. And the absurdism needs to come back in a way 
I mean, the fact that it's a freaking choose your own adventure sex book. That's is a pretty, pretty absurd, absurd already. Yeah. Okay, so I think we found it right away. Damn. Um, okay. Fuck, I should edit this to the end. I don't think yeah, this is excellent. This. Uh, so a, a, a teen erotic choose your own adventure. You got to be a guy. Okay. I'm sorry, but I don't know if a, a, a choose your own adventure sex book from a woman's point of view would be a very fun book at all. Um, it would be more heartbreaking and sad and dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so you are, where do we want to put our main character on like the popularity scale? Is it like a, you've really got to just come from the bottom up. Now we're here. No, I feel like he's kind of like your average, like he's not super popular, but he like plays he's football, very normal. but he, he doesn't, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like nothing special, but he's hope like it's the beginning of senior year. He's trying he's, to make he, it he something. Got, I think it's the end of senior year. This is like your last ditch chance Ooh, to get laid yeah. before you leave high school. Like that. Um, his name is either Dylan D I L L O N or Zeke Z E K Dylan D I L L O N Dylan merryweather no that's too fanciful yeah dylan schlitz dylan schlitz and he's gonna be at a party at whose house uh katie maccabee katie maccabee she is the popular one the she is the popular one her parents are out of town it's like your quintessential teen party in a huge house that makes no sense okay is katie one of the options for pursuing Yes, Katie is one of the options for pursuing. Okay. So who are some of... So Katie is the, like, super popular... Buxom. Yeah, yeah. Very beautiful. Um, Who are some of our other okay. options? Here's here's our our archetypes we've got in front of us. We've got theater girl. Okay. Which is, like, playing on easy mode. Yep. Then we've got, like, art girl. Um. Then we've got... Athletic girl. Okay. And then we've got Katie Maccabee, the, the cheerleader. Okay. So starting with Theater Girl. Okay. I feel like Theater Girl is Rachel. Gonna... Yeah. Tannenbaum. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know about that one, dog. <laughs> uh... You don't want our last name to be Christmas tree? <laughs> I mean, if it worked for James Bond. <laughs> Rachel. Uh, Tontine. Um. <laughs> you know, that competition where you see who can live the longest. Rachel Tontine. Okay. Is our theater girl. She's your classic, like, overly dramatic. And yes. Part of your, the, the difficulty in the Rachel Tontine playthrough comes from having to choose the right things to say in conversation and they seem uh uh arbitrary but Mm -hmm. it sends her off on these big huge things and she decides she hates you if you say the wrong thing okay i like that um then we've got our what i say band or art girl yes um art girl is art girl acts like she's already a sophomore in college like she dresses like she thinks college art students would dress mm, so big doc martin she tries to talk um in a way that is like when she, the last time she went to paris was never yes. but yes exactly okay. so you have to you have to fake like you are being cool enough for her to to yeah bone but- 
but you can't fall off that razor's edge or yeah. else you'll know you're not actually cool. That you're trying too hard. Yeah. yeah. What is Art Girl's name? Art Girl's name is... Can I pitch this? Yeah. Maleficent? Or however, whatever that actual Maleficent? name is. Maleficent? Not like the Snore White lady, but like M-I-L-L... Millicent? Millicent. Okay, Millicent. I like that. Millicent. Um, Tannenbaum. That's, this one I actually like. It. Rachel Tannenbaum didn't flow. But Melissa Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. She goes by Millie. Okay. Millie Tannenbaum. I Millie like Tannenbaum. It. Okay. I like it. And then we've got Athletic, Athletic Girl. Um, Christy Teigen. No. That's already a person. <laughs> Whatever that's the absurdity is that also Christy Teigen is at this party. <laughs> and she is not one of the options. She's like the only, she's just there. She's the chaperone? She's the, no, she's the chaperone. She's kind of like in a rom-com, she'd be the gay best friend. <laughs> and okay. she, you like, you choose the wrong thing and she's the one that's like, hey everyone, check out this dude's tiny dick. And that's like how you lose. Go on. Um, I don't want you drooling on me anymore. Go on. Um, Genevieve Cardigan. Genevieve Cardigan. I was gonna say Cornbopolis, but Cardigan. <laughs> Jenny Jenny Cardigan. Go on. Uh, is a scholarship player in three sports. Okay. Uh, soccer. Okay. Volleyball and uh, men's rowing. Oh, why not women's rowing? Because she's she. There's no women's rowing at the school. Okay. That's not a high school sport. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and she just has a gigantic back. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is just strikingly, like... She's super tall. She's super tall, but she's, like, Greco... Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. So, Guinevieve? Was that her? Genevieve. Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve Cardigan. Genevieve Cardigan. We should have written this down. Uh, super tall, athletic. The difficulty comes in... Proving that you can physically handle her. Yeah, but how is that accomplished in a book, though? Because that'd be e- easier done in, like, a video game or true. movie. True, 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 Um What about not talking about sports? That's what I was just going to say. Like, she wants to talk about... That's her entire life. She wants to talk about yeah, literally anything. Yeah, and any, all any so guy like, tries to talk to her about is sports. So you play the art playthrough, and you're supposed to talk about art as much as possible. Yeah. You play the theater one, you're just supposed to not... You're not supposed to you know poke the bear or anything like that and then in the sports one you're not supposed to talk about sports yeah and it's like and on every page there's like a drawing this could be like a good tool on every page there's like a drawing of the woman's face and body language and that tells you like your progression through the story and then maybe men could actually learn to read women yeah this is good practice and then they get to the end and be like you didn't get laid you'd be like but why and then you flip back a couple pages and there's just a, a drawing of genevieve with her arms crossed yeah and her brows furrowed like oh you probably should have known this book is right going to be called how to read a woman uh and then we've got our, our cheerleader once again our our host maccabee yes what was her first name uh sarah sarah maccabee, sarah maccabee. Uh, Go on. And so she's the cheerleader, and that's the hardest playthrough. Mm-hmm. You just, you just got. It. No one knows how to win. There is no way to win. That one's the no. loss. It's that. It's all up to her. But the the true answer is at the very beginning of the book. You choose not to drink, and then you get to sleep with all of them. Oh shit! No, not really. Um, okay, so I I absolutely love it. The pot points like we just went through it. Yeah. 
the antagonist. I don't think there is one. It's your own hormones. Your own hormones. And then also I feel like there might, like, in each of the scenarios, there well, could be Christy some Teigen. distractions. Like Some distractions. How do you handle the distractions in your... But the thing is that the distractions are, are consistent through the playthroughs. Ooh. So, like, there's a fight in the basement, and if you're in the bedroom with somebody else yeah. and you, you haven't gotten on yet, and you need to somehow convince them not to go check out the fight without seeming like you're trapped in here with me. Yeah. Um, that would be for one playthrough. Or, like, you know, the same fight when you're still in the basement, you need to make sure and get out of the way of the fight so yeah. you don't get decked. And then the sports girl thinks that you're weak. There we go. That's yep. the end. Okay. So antagonist like is your own hormones, Christy Teigen, and some distractions. Title. I'm not crazy about how to read a woman. I got to be honest. That's fair. That's fair. Party Town USA. Party Town USA. Pretty good. Teen Dream. A choose your own adventure cock tease. <laughs> choose... An erotic choose-your-own-adventure story. Mm. Boner Town. Boner Town. The Tuck mm. Method. The Tuck Method! Oh, no! Can we go with the Tuck Method? Yeah. Okay. Uh, critic blurb, turgidly exciting. <laughs> oh, God. Brings me back to my high school years. I never got laid. <laughs> of course not. You're a book critic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Love it. Uh, and now one for more. The, and now for the downturn, unfortunately, because I don't know if we're going to beat that one. I don't know if we're going to beat the tuck method. Um, this one's going to have four so that we use every single Kay. adjective in the book. And you picked a different genre, correct? I did. It is a dystopian. Oh, God. Uh, I forget what I put in here. Urban fantasy. Oh, no. Coming of age, futurist... Okay, I'm going to reorganize so this makes more sense. A futurist, dystopian, urban fantasy, coming of age... Horror book. Horror book. Okay. Dracula in the two or the, the, like the 80s idea of the 2000s. Okay. And it's about someone learning how to be a Dracula. Finn, please stop knocking over the microphone. You have done it four times. <laughs> We've edited out the others. Um... You're a Dracula that's learning how to be a Dracula in this, like, or, like, urban fantasy, and the only people left remaining are are uh, superhuman because the environment has gone so bad. Oh. And so you're kind of learning how to be a superhuman creature, or the, the protagonist is, um, but that doesn't make any sense. Should it just be normal coming of age, where it's like, you're a Bigfoot the main character is a Bigfoot, and he's learning how to be a Bigfoot in a in the urban environment because there's no more nature. Oh, I kind of like that. So he's he's growing up in a in a family full of big feet. Okay. And he has to go to. He's graduating his super his uh, uh, urban fantasy high school pretty soon. Mm -hmm. But there's there's not a lot on the on the table for him. So no. I'm thinking like a What's mix a between what we do in the shadows, but not funny. And then Lady Bird. Oh, yeah. But not funny. And then, uh, Wally. Okay. So, like, the Bigfoot teenager is graduating, but there's not a lot on the, on the table for him. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to kind of just find himself before he can get out there and, and 
try to fix the world because that's his dream is to return forests. How do we get the horror in there? Uh, he's there's ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like ecological horror. Like okay. The, the, okay. The world has been okay. ruined and it's scary. It's a scary omen of our times. Okay. Port, port. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you don't know what you're it's like to an say. omen, but it's like poor. Portentous? Yeah, it's a portent. Thank you. Okay. It's a portent of our of our future if we don't change. It's like the gross of Christmas future kind of horror. The gross of Christmas future? The future? Go, get away from me, gross. <laughs> um, and so he's he's trying to return Forrest to the thing, but the coming of age uh, plot points is... Our dog won't stop biting me. Uh, the coming of age part is that it turns out that every member in that Big Feet family has had the same dream. And it, it's just not happening. And so the the big thing is that, he, is that he's got to learn to accept that it's just not going to happen. And the, 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 the like symbolism of the story is kind of setting aside your teenage dreams for the reality of adulthood. And oh. how that's painful but necessary. Okay. That's what's, horrif- that's what's horrifying uh, about it, it. It is pretty horrifying. I'm like, no bummers on Bibliobile. We just talked about a choose-your-own-adventure sex book. Should we go back to that? Maybe. How explicit would the choose would would the tuck method? Oh, I'm sorry. We need a uh, we need names and everything. Then we can go back to the tuck method as our favorite and really just continue shaping it out. Yeah, I, I kind of want you to write it. Um. So our main character is a Bigfoot teenager. Uh. Do we want to go man or lady? Man. Man. So Bigfoot man teenager. Jeb. Grote. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb Groat. Jeb Scroat. Jeb Scroat. Uh, Jeb Scroat is a teenager. He's got a supporting character. His uh, my favorite character in Lady Bird, the the other teenage girl, the non popular one. Yeah. Um, but instead of a big feet, it's a Mothman. Oh, a wood nymph. I like that better. A wood nymph named Scarlet. Uh, Sesamia. Charlotte Sesamia. Charlotte Sesamia. And she uh, gets high all the time, and that's how she deals with it. Supporting, because they're best friends, but she's not good for her or him. Okay. Uh, She just gets high all the time and doesn't pay attention to the problems and doesn't care. But then it kind of turns out that the moral of the story is to to set the big problems aside to concentrate on the small ones. Mm -hmm. So she's, she's got a little bit. She's like halfway there. Uh, the antagonist is us, you know? Yeah. When you think about it, Susan? We were the antagonist. When you really think about it, though? Is the title of the book going to be Small Problems? Big Feet, Small Problems. Big Feet, Small Problems. What about Big Feet, Big Problems? Small Feet, Big Problems. <laughs> the Mo, mo, problems mo feet, feet, Small mo pro- Big. Mo, mo Feet, Mo Problems. Mo Feet, Mo Problems. The more big feet we come across, the more problems, problems we, we see. see. Um, what about Yasquatch? <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, that's great. Yasquatch. Yasquatch. Uh, and the critic blur for Yasquatch. Sorry if it just injured me. That's a weird critic blurb. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what about if it's like a a terrifying omen or like no the other one the p one 
portentous, portent. P- portent. No, I, this is all the quote of our times. Oh. And then end quote, Mick Jagger. <laughs> Rolling Stones magazine. Yeah. He started his own magazine and then and it's called this Rolling book. Stones. Yeah, Rolling Stones magazine. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was uh, yeah, Squatch. Uh, yeah, squad. I think my favorite is obviously, as anyone's would be, the Choose Your Own Adventure sex book. That's a very good. Method. I do How also explic- like Humpty Dumpty. The Humpty Dumpty, the hard boiled. Scrambled. Scrambled. Um, but yes, the Choose Your Own Adventure sex book. I feel like one of the descriptive words was erotic, so I feel like it's got to be very descriptive. Like, okay. we're getting into it but the the thing about teen sex is that it's bad yeah number one um i am led to believe i wouldn't know <laughs> but also everything is kind of erotic when you're a teen like it doesn't take a lot yeah so, so does, like there's a bunch of like uh just cleavage yeah cleavage and like dry humping <laughs> yeah and it really describes that dry humping and then yeah. it gets into sex and it's like, oh man, I don't, I, I don't know. That yeah. making out seems better than this, uh, unless you choose your right adventure, and then you just lay pipe. Yeah, so you, you have to, you have to choose the. Right... <laughs> 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 yeah, so you have to choose the right things up into the sex scenes. This is gonna be the, like, it's gonna be bigger than War and Peace. Oh my god! Because there's four playthroughs, and who's every... War and Peace? Who's War? Who's Carol Singers? <laughs> Uh, it's going to be bigger than War and Peace's book, uh, <laughs> because you got four playthroughs, and every single one got Choose Your Own Adventure up until the sex, and past the sex, to have good sex. Yeah. So, like, the best ending, you can't have sex with the cheerleader, and so, like, the best sex you can have is probably the theater girl, and then you got to successfully, like, disengage, see you at college. Oh, yeah. Right? See you at homecoming, and then you don't come home. I'm glad. Is this the kind of advice that you give to your students? No. <laughs> um, I tell them not to take pictures of themselves doing drugs in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> Is that a thing that happens? Not drugs. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, so I think that is going to do it. I had a lot of fun with this, actually. No, this is awesome. This I, is a lot of fun. I would not mind doing this more often occasionally, yeah, uh, making good, up our own bad books instead. Good improv exercise. We have... Uh, uh, a Twitter account. If you need to DM us your your uh, uh, manuscript, we'll get we'll get in touch with our contacts on the outside. That Twitter account is at bibliobiocast. B i b no, just nope, at bibliobio. B i b l i o v i l e. Just look at your iTunes. And we my are Twitter. On Twitter. I'm at Susan J. And I can be found at Dickyma D i c k i m a a. Um, follow us on SoundCloud and stuff, and then let everyone else know this funny thing. This doesn't take a lot of lead up, so maybe this could be the episode you share uh, for once in your life. Uh, yeah, thank you to our music. Uh, the intro music for our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. The background music to this entire episode is Finn chewing a ball and destroying my right thigh. Life. Um, so that is going to do it for us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I can't express how stupid it is that this has lasted for 50 episodes. <laughs> no, it's Not even right. counting Molly's Monsters. So thank you so much for telling us just enough that you listen to this for us to keep doing it uh, occasionally, even though we've been off schedule. It means a lot to us to have this fun thing to do together. And if even one person 
listens like most of the time, then it is all worth it. So thank you so much. Good night, Dave. Good night, Matt.